Welcome to the new sound of online radio. Welcome to the sound of Universal Broadcasting Network. Radio show discussing spirituality, magic, and the unconditional love of the universe. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another Charmed Life, broadcasting live from the Universal Broadcasting Network studios in Hollywood, California. I am your host, Trisha Carr. I'm so pleased to be with you. And however you're joining us today, whether live or on podcast or webcast on YouTube, your timing is perfect. So um, if it is your first time tuning in, let me just tell you a little about myself. I am a medium. I'm an empath. That is a very important part of how I exist in this plane. (laughs) And I'm an animal communicator and an energy healer. It's a lot of stuff, but really it's just a bunch of uh, silly, fun, uh, weird socks wearing kind of activity. That's kind of how my life goes in reality. (laughs) Um, But the way that you can stay in touch with me is um, my website is trishacarcharm.com. And my social media handles are also at trishacarcharm. And a couple of other uh, points of business I wanted to address before I get to the fun topic of today. Um, I wanted to tell you that I do have an Indiegogo campaign for this show. It's to support the startup costs, um, as I have just brought this to Universal Broadcasting Network. And it's to help me get established with this show and the content, so then I can approach advertising partners. And my advertising partners are always going to be in uh, alignment with wellness, or at least fun. Okay? So um, if you would so... um, you know, indulge me to check out my Indiegogo campaign. And if you just share it on your social media, that is a huge help. Even if you don't contribute, contribute, I mean, with cash, contribute with um, sharing. And that's lovely. Send me some love that way. And um, one other thing I wanted to um, tell y'all about is that I have a limited time, limited quantity discount on services on my website to all of my listeners. So it's just for the next two weeks, and it's only going to be for the first 17 people who claim the coupon code, and it's C-L-U-B-N. So it's like Charmed Life, U-B-N, and it kind of looks like clubbing. All caps. It's important that it's C-L-U-B-N, all caps. And you can go ahead and go um, claim it, and you can set your appointment for whatever time out. It doesn't matter. So if you're not ready to book right now, you can just choose the time. And it's 50% off. It's insane. Okay. So, But I really wanted to get to know some of the listeners, so I really appreciate it. <sighs> Business is over, and now to the fun part. So I have in the studio with me today a dear friend, a wonderful human being, and I'm, I'm just so inspired by his story. And, um, well, I'm just going to get him in here, and his name is Aiden Demarest. Welcome, Aiden. Hey, Trish. How are you? Hi. <laughs> I am wonderful. <laughs> It's Sunday morning. It's Sunday morning. It is as we are. Oh, by the way, if you're listening to this as a podcast or a web show, um, today is, what is it, the 13th? Mm-hmm. November 13th, yeah. 2016. So it's uh, that coupon thingy is two weeks from, you know, 
the live broadcast. <laughs> Back to um, forward with Aiden. Yeah. So um, I brought Aiden on today because he has this amazing healing story. Um, we we keep um, talking about it from week to week, and I just keep being inspired by your story. And I keep Thank learning you. from you. I keep learning from your journey. And I think it's beautiful that that's what we're here to do with one another. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't you, do you mind giving us just a, a background on your healing journey of your story? Uh, sure. Um, all the way back to the beginning or? Wherever you want to go. Right? It'll be perfect. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> good. Um, well, I mean, we, uh, let's see, we met um, in, uh, I worked in the bar business mm -hmm. for a lot of years. Mm -hmm. um, I opened and ran upwards of two dozen nightclubs in and around Los Angeles uh, and Hollywood. Uh, and uh, somewhere along the way, we met um, probably about 10 years ago, right? Or uh, eight, uh, seven like or eight. Eight, maybe? Yeah. yeah. Um, and let's see, I grew up in Boston. I, uh, I got married, had three kids, mm -hmm. uh, and moved out here to Los Angeles to be an actor. And, fell, and then my fallback job, sort of, I fell in love with my fallback job, which yeah. was... Um, bars and and liquor and uh, mixology and spirits and this whole beautiful uh, what I thought world and uh, and I had a really great time doing that yeah. um, and then uh, I didn't you know uh, <laughs> and then suddenly and I didn't then suddenly I didn't or I had too much of a great time doing it um, <laughs> wrong so, kind of great time right so <laughs> I, I, you know in my mid forties I found myself um, pretty lost mm. you know and with addiction drugs mm. and alcohol had really taken over my whole world and ramped up as opposed to ramping back when mm. every all my friends started to leave bars I spent I moved into them mm. um, so you know cut to last year. When with, uh, you know, I, I finally had had enough, um, you know, my business was failing. My marriage was failing and my, you know, I, my, I rarely, if ever got to see my kids and I was really bottomed out. Mm. Um, and yet still somehow working because of the business I worked in. Yeah. You know, I so kinda, the rug didn't, uh, pull, pull, it wasn't pulled out from under you, at least in that respect, you were still able to. Right. Unfortunately, really, because mm -hmm. when it finally was is when I finally started um, uh, the way out, you mm -hmm. know. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's been I, 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 I can say that, you know, I had heard all the lip service to 12 step programs and grown up in a 12 step household, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, and I still didn't buy it. And, you know, by the grace of God, I really just got out one day, one moment. Um, and friends and family, but um, the impetus, my desire to do it, came from somewhere else, mm. and that has been sort of the foundation of my the last year and a month of my life. You know, is that mm. that moment happened? It was the first time I had ever opted for anything other than a drink or a party or or, mm -hmm. or any sort of substance in my adult life, and it happened quick, like on a dime. And it was pretty amazing. And that, I built on that miracle. Yes. It was the only thing I had. Yes. You know? Um, That's beautiful. I love that. Building miracles upon miracles. Yeah. That's how it works. And it has been one miracle after another all yeah. the way through. It has. Uh, I can't, I can't tell, express it. You know, we talk about it all the time. It's like, uh, you know, uh, it's very, that, you know, hope is such a, such a, an amazing fuel and I just was able to build on that one thing at a time and and continue to just, you know, get what I needed. Yeah. Uh, I think um, 
it's um, really amazing and a moment should be taken to congratulate one year and one month. Your anniversary was a, a year, a month ago, and that's beautiful. And while that is a huge milestone, it's also, oh my gosh, it's only one year ago that, yeah. you know, as you've described it to me before, you were dying. Yeah. You were absolutely dying. Yeah. And you thought you Physically didn't, and emotionally. You didn't think, yeah, and you didn't think that you were going to be able to recover physically from the state that you were in. No. Right. No, no. I definitely thought that I was shot. You know, mm-hmm. I was trying to do as much maintenance as possible, and even though I... You know, um, was a broadband uh, dabbler in all addiction, you know, all mm-hmm. substances. Mm-hmm. I, I, I still, I ran, I ran running, I swam, I worked out, but I was constantly trying to put it back together because yeah. I was always dragging the, my system down. Mm. Um, and so in one way, it makes you sort of a warrior, you know. Yeah. Addicts work 10 times harder than then you know I said sometimes I feel lazy now because I'm used to constantly <laughs> bouncing back from like having been out until 4 a.m. Right. Then all of a sudden I have to show up and do a radio show like this about liquor at 9 a.m. and I have done that. This brings back a lot of memories. So I, <laughs> exactly. And my gratitude is, is that I swam this morning and ate some granola and like uh, it was a person rather than like a Bloody Mary and a line of cocaine. Oh yeah. <laughs> and that's interesting. So. Um, the disease, I think the disease is very much, I mean, I think it's the same thing as being possessed. Uh, you, you definitely have in, you know, in metaphysics and the kind of energy healing that I do, um, when you have that kind of low vibration going, you um, attract um, what we just call attachments, just lower and, and you feel like you're being ruled by something outside does that resonate with you when you were in that cycle it felt oh, very absolutely. much yeah like you had yeah. you had some partners or partner yeah and and that's what i think causes the feeling of compulsion when you're in that kind of sickness and yeah and, and it's that way when you're in without substances maybe not in that kind of disease but with rage or um you know it's this feeling of momentum that we're responding to but i think it's momentum and I think we're meant to respond to momentum. Yeah. Like, like you're talking about building mir- miracles upon miracles, and right. that's a kind of momentum, and that's appropriate. But then when we're lacking that, we find momentum another way, and that's when we have protests that turn, in, turn into riots. It's just after the presidential election, and that's happening. Yeah. <laughs> and because it's a kind of momentum. There is, yeah, there mm-hmm. is a build on that. And even in sobriety now, I still constantly struggle. You know, you mm-hmm. and I talk about... You know, that that miracle happened, but then there's a whole world of, you know, there's 10 times more work ahead of you because mm-hmm. the hole that you were filling with drugs and alcohol is still there. Mm-hmm. So I can relate to people acting. You know, it's funny because it gives me sort of this visceral view of um, people's reactions and has made me far more empathetic. Mm-hmm. Um I get why young ki- like people, people younger than me, are want it just you know their their the inertia, the feeling of like mm-hmm. run takes them out into the street. Yes, I would too. Right. You know, and so it's so easy to for somebody in their thirties, forties, and fifties to be like, why are those kids running around burning somebody? They're not cognitively thinking exactly. I'm going to break this TV guy's storefront. Mm-hmm. They're just thinking I want to move. Yes, I don't like where I am. Exactly, I need to move. I need action. I need noise. And you know, it's actually. This is this is a very broad perspective, so um, don't uh, get too particular about how I'm going to state this, everyone, the whole audience. But if you just look at um, depression, anger is actually a positive m- movement away from depression. Depression, inactivity, 
pivoting to something that is active like anger. It's not the oh, ideal yeah. and it's not, it's certainly not a step into, you know, um, holiness or anything, but it, it, it is, uh, it's motion and it's activity because just being depressed and inactive, then you're just going to disintegrate, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. there's nothing bigger rush, especially, you know, I spent most of my life being hungover or hungover or in a mm-hmm. sedated state of depression, but there was nothing more fueling and energizing than righteous anger. Mm, yeah. Oh, boom. Felt then right. I could just bounce right out of depression or inertia and into like mm-hmm. proactive negative space tail spinning and especially yeah. if I was it had some kernel of right mm-hmm. you know yes. like I was right about something somebody had been later right had wronged me in some way man hell hath no fury right like a drunk who has a kernel of truth <laughs> <laughs> stitch that on a pillow <laughs> miracles upon miracles Hell hath no fury like a drunk with a curl of truth. It's true, you know when you've you've kicked that tiger, you know it because you're like, shit, this is the only right. This time, this guy has not been right in in six months, but he is going to tear me to shreds now. And and that was me. And not that these, not that everyone who has a problem politically... I don't see anything wrong with this. You know, it's the first thing, the first thing, and I don't want to get too political, but I think that's okay. I think it's okay to address. I mean, I promised everyone positivity today and we're staying there. I had a really positive. I woke up, I went to bed frustrated, really frustrated. I have three kids, one who's 21, you know, like I have, so I like, I consider my politics carefully because I have a future to consider, Yes, you know, not my own. Right. And I really did, especially somebody in my position, I didn't consider my future very long. So mm-hmm. I did, my political views are based on not my generation. Yes. Um, anyway, I woke up in the morning and, and, and I had this great acceptance of this situation. And I'm from Boston, you know, I grew up right outside of Boston, very liberal background. Mm. My parents They're are artists, like right? back handspringed like, across the living room when they heard this news. Mm. And not in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, the... Um, but that being said, I woke up with this great acceptance and I, what I realized, seeing, and I guess it's like I'm the only one who's thrilled by seeing all these police out on Sunset Boulevard and everything. Um, I think it's, it's motivating and it is energizing this generation. And I'm looking at my 21-year-old in an interesting way. They're suddenly opening their eyes and saying, these guys are asleep at the wheel. Right. We don't, we, this is not our country. That's Da-da-da. a beautiful and, perspective. And it's a, so I, all of a sudden I was like, okay, that anger is energy mm-hmm. it's movement and within that will be a resolution yes and with it also let's say these kids stay four years on the ball mm-hmm. you know most of them didn't even go to vote right well after four years of let's say super sucky atmosphere i get bet they'll be on the ball yeah and, I, and it's unfortunate but having just hit bottom and had needed to react and do some really wild and crazy things in order to get out of it mm-hmm. i don't necessarily think it's always the worst result I, I agree, and I, I really love that perspective. Um, and it's okay if you don't have that perspective. Like on Tuesday, the people that I was um, ha- spending time with, um, they were extremely, they were despondent. And um, and then a couple of other friends that I was talking to or texting and, you know, trying to give them pr- some perspective. And But at the same time saying, but feel your feelings. No, but you, also be very, depressed. At it's the okay. very least, we are a democracy, and there is a Republican and Democratic Party, and they were created in like a system. So the fact that we've, we've lumped it into 
all of the things that we think that Democrats are, you know, this mm-hmm. whole liberal versus conservative, you know, um, you know, the moral factors coming in, religious factors. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the Republican Party has nothing to do with a religious factor, you know, like so when people are lumping this whole thing in. I didn't. I don't remember growing up that way. I, I remember being more clear about what the arms of the government really were mm-hmm. and what those parties represent. And unfortunately, now we have connotated them to huge social and socio demographic right. issues that are lumped into these two parties. We need to separate them. I mean, what it, all of that, but all of that work is good to look at. Yeah. So this is an unfortunate circumstance, but no one who has suddenly voted or is suddenly in office doesn't exist in this country and have an influence on us. Right. We just see it now. We're just seeing it so right now. So it's bad news, but it's, you know, like open your eyes. Yeah. And I think that that's, so in the end, this is great. And it's like you, like we were saying, prefacing Less, this, um, we went from inertia to some kind of activity. And um, I, I mean, I, anger, the biggest, the know. scariest thing to me is the racial sort of situations that you know the the implications however i don't i think it's what's it's not scary everyone's acting like this has happened suddenly right Uh, we're just suddenly aware of it so if you don't like where this is going or you feel the implications of this party have that wide you know sort of a what blanket racism built into it well, then it's been around, yeah, and it has been a controlling force in our government, w- even with Obama in president. Of course, so, I yeah. mean he has, you know. So I'd say, bring it on, <laughs> let's do it. Oh, by the way, <laughs> I, I think yeah, we're doing it, and that's that's what we do, right? I mean, right? The, it's the, uh, there's this um, teacher. Her name is Byron Katie. I actually mentioned her to you, I think, recently, and she has. Um, what she calls inquiry or the work and the book one of her her book or one of her i think she has a couple but one book is called loving what is and basically where you just confront what is what is reality because being in resistance to it causes suffering now that doesn't mean that accepting it and loving what is that doesn't mean that we can't continue to move forward and make changes actually the that is the place where you can make powerful change is by being in a state of loving and gratitude about what is and if you are breathing you have something to be grateful for and um, actually that segues in I think back to the program because you have all of the stories all the miracles upon miracles that we talk about usually have a kernel of you being in a place of gratitude actually and we are going to take some calls about mid mid or two-thirds away we're just taking a couple of calls if um, anyone wants to call in with questions about um, healing, um, you know, pretty much open phone lines. Um, but like I said, it only will probably only take like a couple. We're going to see how the time goes. Um, but back to us, let's talk about the program. What has saved your life? Can you give? Do, do, can you give us a rundown? And I have notes, um, just like what the steps are, the twelve steps. Um, just quick. I know you can because I have a, a list of them, but they're kind of written out in a you know nice, beautiful, articulate this British book fashion. That they've got. <laughs> Yeah, the yours are the one yeah. that I found online. Yeah, um, that was a gift with Bar- you know I did not I did not um, get sober to I, I, you know on my own I I, I got sa- I, you know saved for like mm-hmm. I didn't get dunked in a river but I got saved mm-hmm. and and I leaned on this um, this twelve step program um, for me it was Alcoholics Anonymous but it's there's tons of them and. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I, I right away, for some reason, I identified. And I finally got, like, you know, since I've, grew, I've been in and around and then made sure I worked in a business surrounded by addiction, I didn't mm-hmm. ever understand. I just figured people either did that or didn't do that. I considered myself a very successful, high-functioning alcoholic. So mm-hmm. I thought, like, I have got this. You yeah. know what I mean? And the people who are not drinking are failures. <laughs> they have <laughs> screwed this me. up. I, I, I was always oh, hiding yeah. my sobriety. You I mean, I'm not t- entirely sober, but You were relatively dead to me when we're <laughs> on a, a, after midnight. <laughs> I had no time for you. <laughs> what are you, a one and done? Yeah. <laughs> Bye-bye. And I'm all sleepy. <laughs> Lost your number after midnight. Yeah. Thank goodness. <laughs> You're lucky. I, I, I can't handle what happened after midnight. You're welcome. I'm, I'm yeah. dainty. I was like, that's her car. <laughs> Fun people are heading that way. You're heading this way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You're well, a, what, what I call the bunny trail. <laughs> and when some black diamond drinking was going to go down. Black diamond, yes, You no. were history. I'm so and not I was black like, diamond. Get off the lift. But I literally. This lift is going only up and then fastly down. I, I have a different experience than you, clearly, because it's ne- I couldn't do what you've done. You know what I mean? Like, we, we have different, really genuinely different. <laughs> It's, I liken it to like the Matrix. Like, yes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I would slip into another world, and you were sitting still at the chair next to me, <laughs> but I was now dealing with way higher technology. <laughs> 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 I was dealing with higher technology. Zeke, I was just starting to like <laughs> okay. whip through it, faces and screens while that's you what were it still like. having a conversation about how great the steak was. <laughs> you, <laughs> the reality is you felt like, but you were like, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm mimicking a, a drunk this person. Ob- in the exactly <laughs> it, right? <laughs> All right, back to the 12 okay. steps. So, uh, the uh, steps obviously uh, is um, um, real. Um, Admitting Stopping you, drinking. Coming admitting to, you have a problem? Yeah, coming to, yeah. admitting you have a problem. Stopping yeah. drinking, not drinking. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to paraphrase. Them sure, sure. No, that's better than... Book. And then coming to believe that a power greater than you has kept you from drinking. I love that. And that's one Me that too. I definitely want to delve into. Um, actually, uh, let's, let's uh, if you don't mind, because I know that... So we talk about and they, higher power is kind of um, what I hear people say in regard in regards to the program talking right. about higher power yes. in order to have it be very um, neutral so that everyone can express their own um, spirituality or unity consciousness or yeah or lack thereof lack some of, people right. well, I mean like you know I mean, a, nature is it's a big discussion a lack of discussion or a discussion is religious or you know who, finding your own keeping it, it that's why it's such an interesting and fascinating um, pr- program that has been you know written by it, it was written years ago and all that history is mm-hmm. is amazing because it doesn't it's inclusive it's all it inclusive is, right? and there's zero exclusivity so there are very there, you know it's a, it, an atheist can work these steps yes yes and you know you find that power that higher power can be the you it can, it can be, be you, another person in the room it could be nature it could be gravity of, it could be the breath of life you know that that all of those you know what, and what's interesting is that it attracts yeah. it's a relig- it's a it's a you know uh, a, the belief in a higher power is is key to the program um, for most people, and not all. Some people don't. They just believe in, you know, you, this, this water bottle could be yeah. your higher power as long as it gets you through the day and you don't drink. But what's interesting is that so many people are spiritually bereft when they arrive mm-hmm. and really bankrupt. I was bankrupt. I had absolutely no, and had been a pretty spiritual person most mm-hmm. of my life, <laughs> full of spirits a lot of the time. <laughs> Double entendre. <laughs> Yay. But it was, um, but it's an interesting how watching that, it's what's so beautiful about it. And it, it brings it full. And we'll talk about 12 later, but it's mm-hmm. when, when you watch somebody else see it, it's like a flower unfolding. Yes. 
So the program is built on, you know, it really is the ultimate pyramid scheme because you have the people under you or what to keep you sober. Yeah. You know, so it's like in watching, you know, someone, I now realize why people were invested in me Mm -hmm. Um, and I had nothing certainly to offer and and thought I had things figured out and you do right away. You know, you get two days sober and you've got some clarity and you're like, I got this. Mm -hmm. And you have so much more to do these 12 steps that will keep you sober to fill that hole so that you don't reach for a bottle instead you know Mm -hmm. you reach for some spirituality really and you reach for some serenity and you reach for someone else to help them and i mean i'm paraphrasing all of those steps but that is the whole you know caboodle well and i have um a friend um i have a couple of friends who um are looking into getting in the into some meetings or something like that to help them with whatever they're going through. And um, I've just had friends who have gone to particular meetings and then they don't relate to that group and then maybe they give up. Or I have um, one person who went to was trying to go to a few meetings and the the people, the collective of those people, they were very sort of um, religious in a way that he had been raised and was responding to you know like Mm -hmm. leaving like trying to recover from his religious wounds yeah and so it it kind of kicked up that stuff and it just generally speaking made him feel like he can't relate to these people so um what's beautiful i think about that step and and the program in general is that you're free to express yourself completely genuinely thoroughly articulately and i'm sure you know with the law of attraction then you kind of start to collect a similar um set of values in particular meetings so how, how what would you say to someone who is seeking it out how many meetings how many times and i and i know you should try one meeting a few times because your disease is going to be trying to tell you to stop going to the meetings itself yeah how many how how do they go about that how do they go about finding the right meeting how important is that how many should they try out before they try another one you know can you speak to that yeah um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's staying inspired for that, you know. I mm-hmm. mean, speaking of relatability, I, I spent most of my adult life out here in the middle of Hollywood. You know, I worked in a creative field, and then I worked in a very creative, interesting, you know, atmosphere out here and definitely outside the box. And I got sober in Weymouth, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. you know, um, with what I would, uh, would uh, not a relatable experience. Right. Um, I, ha- I went home. I left here my luckily my parents lived back there but I just want I didn't do rehab or detox I wandered into a meeting so the most organic sort of you know I went to a meeting I wouldn't say that I related to the room Mm -hmm. I didn't know anyone for sure and I had gone all the way across the country to you know a suburban Boston town and here I am like dancing on bar tops in the middle of Hollywood for the last 10 years so I didn't, and my story wasn't the same as a housewife who drank a couple of bottles of Chardonnay. You know, I flew around the world for a liquor brand, mm-hmm. you know, like, and so none of my stories matched, you mm-hmm. know. And in fact, I kept them to myself because I felt like they, they wouldn't believe me. Right. You know, turns out you can pass out in the grotto at the Playboy Mansion and, you know, like yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like try to find your phone in Hugh Hefner's room. <laughs> that doesn't really fly in Weymouth, and they just think you're crazy and yeah, still just think high. You're just lying. They think you're still high. Yeah, they don't buy it at all. <laughs> yeah. Every time I started to tell a story, like about my bottom or whatever, or being on a plane and not knowing where my shoes were, mm-hmm. they would be like, "Wait, what?" 
<laughs> anyway, my point is that I don't think that that's necessary. That is comes back to that that spiritual moment. You don't think it's necessary to, to be, relate to relate perfectly. Mm-mm. I think I, I I feel that as well. In fact, I wouldn't even look you for just it. Go yeah, just muscle through because the point. It you're really, uncomfortable with everyone. You're uncomfortable with you. That's the deal. Your twin sister could sit next to you, yeah. and you wouldn't have anything to relate to her right. because you are like a porcupine yeah. emotionally. So right. you're, I mean, like, I certainly wasn't relating to any other human. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, in the throes of addiction, you know, you don't, your 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 ego thrives. Yes, right. And so you really think, you know, you you judge, mm-hmm, you know, and it's mm-hmm. a, and it's a constant. Um, it's something that it's part of the mantra there that, you know, like to relate, not to um, judge. Right. And, you know, that is an unfortunate, you know, um, symptom of addiction mm-hmm. is that you're con- you have spent years or a lot, a good deal of time validating your poor behavior, your poor, you know, your poor health, your poor, right. your poor work, your, you know, at things that aren't working out mm-hmm. that you know how to walk into a room and bring everyone down to their knees, mm-hmm. at least in your own head. Sure. So you're gonna, you could walk into a room full of Nobel Peace Prize winners and be like, this pack of losers. Right. I'm out of here. Yeah. You know, like, I, 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 they don't know what they're talking about, even though they have won for awards for humanity and science and things. What a bunch of idiots. I got this. <laughs> right. Well, you're like that. that dr- <laughs> and I have. That drunk <laughs> looking for that kernel of truth in order to find the momentum, like we were saying earlier. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And you're not. And that's it. And again, yeah. like, like you see different two different rooms. You and I sitting at a table. You saw opportunity or you saw education and liquor and i just saw booze and whoever might be carrying yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and you and i sat in plenty of great rooms yeah all around did. the country yeah. and and uh, you know i had so many things to be thankful for i was getting paid a ridiculous amount of money to really hang out and party all mm-hmm. the time and yet i still thought i, I was b- like b- like downtrodden and my life was super difficult and that people expected a lot from me yeah you know well i love i love that uh, that's how you covered that step um, and that just keep muscling through in the meetings because it's about, I mean, the first thing you do is you have to, the spirituality Absolutely. of it is relating to yourself. So, of course, it's relating to others. So that um, that was two, um, higher power. Three is... Um, um, blah, blah, blah. Sorry. Um, one is not drinking. Two is um, giving it over to God. Three... Um, Four is basically running into some inventory. Inventory, yeah, that's that's a tough one. So what I think is so great about um, the steps too is that you know um, Abram Maslow's pyramid of self actualization. Have you heard of this? Yeah, Yeah, I have. And it's you said pyramid earlier. It's like a pyramid scheme. Um, That pyramid is basically you know it's it's a progression, and this the twelve steps are a progression. And you know what else is a progression? is um, our chakra system, like our energy centers, they, yeah. they, they all kind of mirror one another. Right. And what I, what I love about the program is that I feel like the, the core principles can really, anyone can sort of use them and move into that higher state of, of consciousness. And so inventory, personal inventory, whew, that's rough. It's a big one. And it is probably, it's mine and it's probably everyone in the program. It's the mm-hmm. big, it is the sort of, daunting especially when you first walk in the door and the, and there is no pressure of when and how you do it yeah but it is it's pressure you've come in in a shame based place you've come in it, it, for whatever reason you've come in you've come in because nothing else is working right and whether it's high or low um you're still coming in with very little hope and not a lot of self you know confidence mm-hmm. 
and four breaks that down. You know, you, luckily you've got some. You know, you're sober at that point, so at least mm-hmm. you're climbing into that painful time. You know, um, for you know, running your inventory is a lot. And some people take a year. And so you, when you're running the inventory, you are you're looking into um, your past experiences, and but basically you're looking into your own being, right? How, how would you describe yeah, you it know exactly? You're yeah, making you, lists and and really just trying to go within, right? I think that you know it's similar to what you, with you, mm-hmm. what, like you know you kind of just checking, you know, you say things out loud and you're checking. I, I you're checking for dings. Yes, you know, right. like a reverb back. Mm-hmm. And so what I thought it was was going to just be a whole lot of apologies to people, you know, mm-hmm. sorry I did this, sorry I did that, sorry, you yeah. know. And it is. But the, but what also what it was was everything that everything that snags as it goes through your head, yeah. you know. Yes. Like, why am I, why, you know, and things that you actually even righteously felt like, you know, you were, you were mistreated as a child or, you, mm-hmm. you know, or a marriage that ended badly or things. And then you have to go through it, find your part in it. Right. Really start to um, and really let that bang around and like you know like that you know those righteous resentments mm-hmm. were the surprises for me where right. I was like okay you know yeah. and it's happened eleven times so right. like like how to, with people from all different times of my exactly life. so, oh, so I'm does, the I'm the common <laughs> theme it sucks because then you're like oh man like how did I like you know like oh I just keep finding the same person over and over again right. and I just somehow out of what four billion people I just might happen to just get screwed four times in the same way yeah exactly the same way and th- I, I don't do this to people or make them give me this in back yeah and I think it goes it gets you to the place of um, and I think that's one of the steps is actually self-forgiveness and acceptance right is that actually a step yes. as I remember yeah, yeah. yeah. and of course uh, forgiving the other person but it actually is way more important and I don't right. like those two things are so tandem to me Forgiving another and forgiving yourself, you know, how you're engaged with one another, because really the other is just a projection of you, of your inner, you know, in my energy work, we, you know, like your inner vibration. It's everything in your existence is just a projection of what your inner personal vibration is. And so that's why you kept finding the same kind of person, because you had this resistance that you know to this you, uh, to healing that area and so you kept trying to figure out how to like unconsciously it yeah. was still there it was unhealed so you know your being is actually looking out for you it's in your unconscious it's in your subconscious mind but it's like look this isn't healed let's show it to you again how about this guy <laughs> And when you see you're going to heal with times, this guy, how many times you like you do it over and over again, mm-hmm. it's amazing. I mean, you and I have talked about it's like it, what's been it's been very helpful to me in 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 relationships in general. But it's amazing to me when I now come at things um, and I see my expectations. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? Like you realize that what you were putting out there always was this expectation. And when things didn't go your way, you threw a tantrum or made it terrible. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily a tantrum. You might very quietly, very calmly screw that person over. Yeah, you know what I right, mean? So right. I didn't always just do bananas and things, you know, like, but I always was constantly feeling like I was being affronted. Yes. Right. Uh, you know, because, and what pe- most people, the misconception is that drunks or addicts are just crashing around unaware of other people in the universe and it's actually 
you know, I'm, I'm realizing more and more, especially hanging out in program, that it's a super sensitive. I, I was going to say that. All of the we, ones that I, all of the people I know with. And so, that, yeah. yeah. So the overcompensation, you mm-hmm. know, and it seems like they're super narcissistic. I feel like, you know, I'm It's const- the antithesis of that sensitivity. It's, that's all it is. They're constantly reading the room. Yes, yes. They're constantly taking everyone's temperature and mm-hmm. then responding and with wrong reactions mm-hmm. a lot of time because who yeah. can take everyone in the room's temperature and then produce the right result every once in a while which is why i was great for running bars i got it right yeah and the whole room was amazing right. maybe because i was in it and i got the temperatures right and i gave everyone what they wanted right. but at some point or another i fell apart mm-hmm. or hit the floor or got too drunk, mm-hmm. or you know what I mean, because I couldn't possibly process all those feelings, right? And that's and keep everyone happy. So you're this dancing monkey, um, and I said it all the time when I was when I was using. I felt like I was constantly in this, and you put yourself there. Mm-hmm. Nobody's asking you to. No. <laughs> the bad news was when I got sober, when I suddenly realized that nobody had asked me to do that, <laughs> and I was like, everyone wants so much for me, and then I and I didn't show up wasted. Everyone was so relieved, yeah. you know, and like, oh, good, or didn't show up at all after a while. They're yeah, just like, right. get out of here, because yeah. you're a huge energy sucker at that point, right? Because you're constantly just vampiring, vampiring, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. now, I have a different. Now I have a different. I, I get it, and I'm and I have an empathy for well, that vampiring. Exactly. Well, Aiden, I've told Aiden he he's an empath. So an empath is someone who feels other people's emotions as though they are their own. And an empath and highly sensitive people, which is um, another. It's actually an HSP is something that is um, scientifically confirmed. There was a a. Um, a doctor named um, Elaine Aron, A-R-O-N. Um, she um, did a lot of studies, and this is actually quantizable. You know, it's measurable, being a highly sensitive person. A highly sensitive person is someone whose nervous system is really um, sensitive, and so the physical stimulus stimuli um, it can be overwhelming. But they also just pick up, read the energy in the room. And everyone is this kind of sensitive to some degree. 100%, we are not separate from one another. Everyone, if you have a partner, the spouse, you walk in the room, their back is to you. You can, you know what mood they're in. I mean, everyone can do that. So empaths, highly sensitive people, um, are just really adept and default to being able to um, read that vibrational language, that that subtle language, all the time. And so that's what Aiden is um, describing in when he was doing his work and like putting together a room, a party. And But the problem with, I would say, unskilled or unconscious empaths, highly sensitive people, empaths in particular, is that we have very weak boundaries. So we're always giving away our life force energy if we don't know, you know, what we're doing, if we're, not, if we're unskilled. And then that's why you kind of flipped into the, with your, especially the disease aiding you, um, this uh, vampire kind of situation because you didn't have enough energy. And so you were sucking. It was this awful kind of influx that was just um destroying you and um so you now you're getting to the place because you're being very centered and you can keep that life force energy to yourself and know that that never has to be depleted yeah 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 for sure yeah and taking the time making it a priority Mm -hmm. realizing that i'm doing something for somebody else by 
at doing something for somebody else, but also by keeping that life energy so that if I show up energized and not draining a room, it's act, that is that is my purpose in that in that room. That's how you can actually help. You Arriving can, yeah. a whole solvent person. And I even, and I, I remember those people. You were one of those people. There were people that came into the rooms, you know, that I worked with, that I lived with, that, that, that energized me and you know that I or that I could see where had you know were safeguarding themselves mm-hmm. I didn't know how to do it and I'm just learning now but yeah that is like I mean like it, I mean that t- kind of takes you step 12 but step mm-hmm. 12 is my step 12. is I didn't understand 12 we just talked about this and I don't think I really got it till really recently yeah um you know it's taking care of other people service to others service to others yeah. um uh, I have a like a rock in the garden that's, that's just said service on it. Nice. And it's like, what an amazing, like I've had, those were some miracles to happen. Like when I got sober and I did not want it. I did not want it. It was my means of income. It was my whole world. I also was fascinated and interested in good at what I did. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I felt I had to give that up, which I didn't in order to stop drinking and doing drugs. And I, anyway, I did not get, um, I got certain miracles when I played ball, really, and I, I was sort of acting. I was sort of like we talked about this as well. Like I was kind of like, okay, here I'm going to be like a really good guy, and I'm not going to drink. And so, can I have a house and a car? You know, like I bartered <laughs> yeah, constantly, yeah. and I was like, yeah, you know, I'm super concerned about people starving. You know, and so can I have a whole bunch of extra stuff? Right. Yeah, bargaining with the universe. Because that's yeah. it. And I like, and so it took me all the. First of all, I, I had really bottomed out. I had really lost everything. Mm-hmm. I had lost all of my money, my job, my marriage. At the, I mean, I was really at the end of my rope and I had lost track of really all of that I hadn't even lost it I just did like I just lost yeah, it literally feel it, right? um, like I lost a vehicle that I never found again right. I don't think it got stolen I don't know where it is that <laughs> happened like, but also, but, no he's not kidding and, <laughs> but the thing is what's so crazy just bye. when his life had fallen apart and then he finally came back and he was sober and he had a few months of sobriety and then he just started digging into like the nuts and bolts of his life okay what's going on with my bank account what's going on with this stuff like things like that like I lost my car I don't know where it is maybe I, there's a warrant out for my arrest like all kinds of things like that but somehow when he got to this new plane he had things like an accountant was like, didn't you know you had this like what this money stashed away? And he's like, no, somehow the Mr. car Magoo. he didn't. Have, yeah. Somehow he didn't have. He uh, didn't have, you know, Warren's where the miracles started happening. Those some of the I, miracles, I mean, I yeah. was home. I had, a, I had an ex-wife and kids here who we had no We had nothing. Yeah. I hadn't done taxes in years. Yeah. I worked in a really loose business. Da, 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 and then I found out I had a, a giant tax return. Yeah, you were being looked out for after that all. saved <laughs> us weird. and got me home and, and us, you know, into a house and a car in the driveway since I had lost mine. And whatever happened to that one didn't come to... Yeah, that it, didn't come to my door. Didn't, and, <laughs> didn't send and you to prison. I was <laughs> in an acceptance thing. You know, I'm doing this fourth step. I'm doing these things, yeah. you know, like, who do I need to pay back? And, and then the, the ninth step is when you start to pay people back. And... Mm. You know, you know. Um, anyway, yes, those blessings happen. Those miracles happen. Right. And that wasn't. I, I think that really did have to do with the fact that I wasn't reaching for favors. After a while, I really did see the benefit of helping others. Yes. 
when I thought about, and it's not even just what I was saying, like, it's easy as a family guy to be like, I'm going to, you know, I'm taking care of others. I'm taking care of my kids. But you're not really. Because mm-hmm. my kids are an extension of me. I mean, the, yes, the, right. but, you know, so I get stuff when I take care of my kids. Yes, you know, right. like you, you, you know, so everyone's like, I'm, you know, I'm busting my ass taking care of my kids. But you're taking care of yourself, right. your house, They're your own children, you. your own, you know what I mean? Like that's having a full closet full of clothes. Yeah. You know, you're getting all the benefits of that. So reaching out of your own house, mm-hmm. you know, to your your friends, your kid's friend whose dad just went to rehab and the mom's yeah. struggling and working full time and can pick up that kid after school. Those little moments and then not tell everybody about it, yeah. you know, and that's that was hard for me. And I had a few very specific moments where I was struggling when I got back here. I was super struggling when I was all through that. You know, none of this is fun. I didn't want to be doing it. And there were just days that it was just really, you know ugly first of all facing all feelings emotions work without my crutch you know Mm -hmm. i you know alcohol was the cure not the disease right so uh going through life you know without a drink at the end of the day was really difficult anyway when i finally and i hit a lot of bottoms and i hit some bottoms when we when i came home here i Mm -hmm. could you know i had burned down my business i had you know i had nowhere to go i didn't know how to make that money i couldn't make money house status whatever yeah and i just finally hit a sort of an emotional rock bottom in sobriety and was like that's it if i can't help me i might as well just help somebody else at least i'll be that guy right and that was an epiphany. That was like new thing for me to ever consider. Like, I'm just going to stop thinking about me because you're not doing well with you. So <laughs> like you have never made good choices for you. So how about do something for somebody else? And that simple gesture and I, and also having the confidence that you have something to offer somebody right. else. Yeah. You're most like, people, I, ha- I have my back. I have my health. If most nothing people, else, if you, you know, turn to a guy sitting in a beautiful half a million dollar house sitting in the valley and you said to him, you should help other people. He'd be like, I'm barely making it, man. <laughs> Right. My kids are like, I don't have anything from, you know, I'm just putting food on the table. And you'd be yeah. like, no, nope, everyone's got a thousand dollar piece of machinery in their hand. And you exactly. got, you're driving 40 grand and you're ha- thinking, oh, like, yeah, you know, my every- pool filter's broken. Your domestic blindness. Exactly. Everyone can. That's, I was there. You can find a way to be grateful and, and powerful, empowered. And taking it back to that, the first miracle that happened a year and a month ago when I lived through the next day. Right. That's. And I definitely didn't think I was gonna. Right. I definitely was about. I was on my way out. Yeah. So I, I had to like take it to there. But the payoff, which is not always the case, and you don't need to have a payoff, but I did reach out and to do something for somebody else and in kind receive a job. Amazing. Yes. And so I'm sitting at someone's house who I knew needed some help. And some and someone else walks in the door, and I had nothing to offer, nothing except for maybe wash your car or help out. But I, so I just went over there, and that was like the hardest step for me mm. to be go over to somebody and be like, "I don't have ten bucks. Yeah, I can't. I, you know, like, but what do you? I, I'm here. I'm gonna sit here. Right. You know what I mean? And I didn't. There wasn't even really a whole lot of like because I couldn't go anywhere. I didn't even have a car, so like I couldn't. That moment changed it for me in a big way and I, I did get this immediate payoff where I got this job that like boom 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 and put my business back together and and that happened in this super fast way and I kind of felt like God was showing off <laughs> I was like wow like that he's like showing like might as well have like a unicorn and a rainbow like as I drive to work and the next morning and I literally was going to work the next morning the next morning right yeah like with a paycheck, right? Amazing. And my, which was really, really crunch time for my family. Yes. For, 
these people who had sat back and waited for me to get my together yeah that's right you already should said shit I, once. Oh, yeah. okay yeah so right so there's the people internet. standing around going like okay mm-hmm. how long are you gonna like search around inside your soul and start bringing home some bacon yeah yeah <laughs> <Get some> bacon <laughs> out, out your soul. the lights aren't on <laughs> we, we we're almost out of time um i don't think we have time to do we have callers i don't think we have time to take a caller probably huh jarvis jarvis is producing here yeah probably better not um i don't want to uh, let anyone uh, uh, cut anyone off anyway um so we have like two minutes. Is there? I didn't know what you were going to say there. You're like, I didn't want to let anybody in. <laughs> no, I want to let everyone in. I am an empath after all. <laughs> um, so I, I, any final words um, before we sign off here? Um, I mean, you're, like I say, your story is so uh, – any any advice or final words? Um, well, I will say that, I mean, just to blow smoke up your ass. Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh, right. The, uh, right? The, um, <laughs> I, a, a huge part of my – uh, you know, within the 12 steps, there, you also have to reach out beyond that into a bigger, stronger sense of spirituality. Mm. That was not some, that was like a gift with purchase that I didn't get. And mm-hmm. since I was I'm not like a hardcore Catholic, I grew up Catholic, but I, I it's not something I did. And I found a strong connection to spirituality. And that has been the next step of my recovery, you know, mm. like just putting down a drink, just becoming a human being, just noticing other people in the room or taking care of them is not that thing. You know, there's still that growing spirituality and, you know, the work we've done on, you know, physical blocks and I mean, Mm -hmm. it blows my mind. And that to me is like the luxury. Those are my pool and my SUV that like the fact that I get to play ball with those luxuries and I carve out two hours and get to, remove a block yeah. and think, I mean I feel oh, better yeah. than a trip to Cancun and it's a different kind of momentum it's the momentum that um, we are meant to respond to I, I think you know we're talking about that negative momentum yeah. that no- momentum into the negativity it's the other side of it but yeah I, we've done some um, healing sessions together and it's it's just so amazing because I mean we, we find when we're in our sessions how gifted Aiden is um, you know you yeah. you had this clairvoyance that showed up and just this well I mean like you think about like getting a massage or doing mm-hmm. I mean like doing your nails or da, 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 and I'm not even you don't I mean for me meditation you know like the things that you did I did as luxury moments especially living here in LA you know like get just things that I thought were upkeep and my emotional upkeep has been a luxury that I am I'm, like I'm pretty impressed with mm-hmm. um, and and has opened me up to other people. You know, I've met all these fascinating people who are looking to do something, you know, to find a, a, a stronger sense of awareness. Yes, absolutely. And, and healing. You know? And we're... It's no, what better time than now? Well, exactly. And that all of this that's happening right now, we have less than a minute, but it's it's um, it's a global shift that's happening. Uh, we're awakening. We're all awakening. Yeah. And um, really coming into that greater unity consciousness. So... Yeah. Um, well, yeah, we, I guess we should get uh, go ahead and sign off. Aiden, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for joining us on Charmed Life. Go thank ahead you. and um, uh, find me at trishacarcharm.com. And uh, thanks for tuning in. I love you, whoever you are. Woo!